Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. Welcome to Speak Free with Maddie G, the podcast that celebrates free speech, truth, and open discussion. Hello and welcome to Speak Free with Maddie G, a special edition, Vote Free with Maddie G. Uh, yeah, we've got uh, Nicole Evans here today. You are the candidate for uh, the United Australia Party in the upcoming federal election. I am. Um, so we're doing a bit of an election special today and um, there'll be a couple of these, uh, hopefully, if other, <laughs> if I can if other candidates say yes. Um, I will say on air that we did try and get Susan Templeman as well. Um, I will just give a preface that uh, she will not be on, um, but I'm trying to be as fair and get everyone on, um, you know, to, to sort of give you a spiel on... Uh, why the Macquarie electorate should vote for you. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll be covering a bit of uh, policy chat today, um, obviously what you are passionate about, why you got into politics mm -hmm. and, um, and what you hope to achieve awesome. uh, for the Macquarie electorate. So uh, let's, uh, let's get into it. Why? Um, obviously, this is your first time it ever is. running in uh -huh. the first election. And in any kind of politics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so are, are you nervous? Are you, are you uh, worried? Are you excited? I'm excited, yeah. yeah. Um, I... I'm actually quite humbled by the support I've been getting. To be honest, um, I was just driving up Freeman's Reach Road and there was a picture of my face at someone's house, and it's like, oh, yeah. oh my god, it's me. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's been it's been a it's been a journey, that's for sure. Yeah, and I guess the sort of factor, the biggest factor that got you into politics, what would it be for you? Um, probably the government overreach um, and how much it's impacted on everyone's day to day lives. Um, it's kind of um, obvious to me that everyday regular Australians are underrepresented in Canberra and I thought it was about time that more normal Australians um, got up and represented their electorates and made um, voice heard for the people that can't or won't speak up for themselves. Yeah, and I guess we have seen that a lot. I think a lot of people have, um, you know, got into politics. Um, even friends of mine that never cared before mm -hmm. really care now since the last two years yeah. with, with COVID-19 and this pandemic and um, exactly what you said. I think government overreach is, is no matter where you lie, I guess, on the political spectrum, I think you can agree that there were some measures, at least some measures that were taken that were yeah, you're right. not needed. Yep. Um, and, I mean, it's it's proven now with everything going on that we've, mm -hmm. we're probably in a worse, you know, health state than we were in. At the beginning. At the beginning. Yeah, I agree. there's no restrictions now, basically. So yeah. It's taken us two years to basically get to where we sh were basically at the beginning anyway, yeah. in a way. You yeah. know? Would you agree with that? Well, yeah, it's kind of strange to look at us on an international level because back at the beginning of the pandemic, we were this safe island nation and, you know, we were the envy of all the other countries around the world and then we, for some strange reason, started following the mistakes that they were making and now we've ended up at the bottom end of the scale and we're actually worse off than, yeah. you know, countries like Sweden who didn't impose any or very few restrictions at all. They're now you know, flying high and free people. And yeah. here we are still being forced into positions that we're not comfortable with. Yeah. And if you did let everyone get it in the first place, if you say you let it like Sweden and they don't lock down the place, um, that actually, well, uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, 
I'm not a doctor or anything uh-huh. or a uh, virologist or, but if you that builds natural immunity. That's, That's right. just a fact. Yeah. And um, and you wouldn't see all these, you know, variants and that getting brought yep. in and people getting mm-hmm. reinfected and that because in Sweden right now they're not. They're basically living free. A lot That's of countries right. are. That's right. Um, they've all sort of had it. They've mm-hmm. all got over it. Sure, yeah. a few people have died. People die from everything every day. Yeah. Um, I think that's important to remember. So I do agree definitely with the United Australia Party sentiment on on that front. Um, is it was that the main factor for you going into politics? Was was the want for freedom, the want for people to to realise that what major parties have been doing is is yeah. not in the best interest of Australians. Yes, yeah, so it was definitely a catalyst. Um, I've never been. I mean, I've always been interested on the side in politics, but never wanted to get involved. That's, ugh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when um, when the mandates came in, I thought that was really unfair. I, I study um, the sciences and I was not certain that they had been thoroughly tested. Um, I've since learned that I don't think they even were tested in Australia at all. They were just given the word of other countries and said, okay, well, if you're doing it, we'll do it. Um, I don't think that's fair for Australians, especially when it was mandated, not just to go to the pub or go shopping or get a coffee, but to support your family. Exactly. I thought that was that was a poor choice. Um, given the opportunity, I think many people might have chosen off the back of their own decisions to, to make that choice and get it done. But, yeah, simply forcing people, uh, it is coercion. I don't, the, the courts say otherwise. Uh, so I was... Um, uh, working as a research scientist at the hospital and I received a phone call from Tony Nikolic from AFL Solicitors. Uh, he asked me to review some scientific papers for him that were going into the court and before I knew it I was the scientific researcher for the court case going into the Supreme Court which I'm pretty sure I'm allowed to say today, I hope, sorry Tony if I'm not, but um, we were given special leave yesterday to be heard in the High Court of Australia. So hopefully, finally, we'll be heard. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, I've been following them quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done a lot of, of good work. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed that everywhere, every step they got to where you thought there was, you know, we had a chance or, you know, there was a chance to, for, I guess, uh, the truth um, and for open discussion to be heard was shut down at every point. Yeah. Did you feel the same way? Absolutely. Um, a lot of I've been Facebook banned, Instagram banned. I've been banned, banned, banned. Um, I've had a lot of people sort of say to me, "Well, why would the government tell us to do this if you're telling us that it's wrong?" Um, I'd been in in um, late night Zoom meetings with Dr. Malone, who invented mRNA, and even he's saying that you know they're not ready for human use. So um, I would probably take his word for it over anyone else's yeah. <laughs> just on that fact alone. But, yeah, um, to, to have people blindly follow instructions with no critical thought behind it, there was no analysis that's just blindly leading, um, that was a red flag yeah. for me. Um, and this is interesting to me because I didn't actually know you were involved with, with oh. all that and that you're a yeah. researcher. Um, probably didn't do enough. Maybe I'm not. <laughs> Maybe I should be a bloody Come researcher. On now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also wanted to keep it that way because I wanted to, to talk. I didn't want to come on and like it's a 7.30 report interview you know, yeah. where I know everything about you. <laughs> I wanted it to be me getting to know you as yeah. the people get to know you. So uh-huh. that, that is the reason I didn't do too much research going into this. But that's really interesting. And I think if anyone has an idea of, of what's really is going on it's, it should be it's you, you yeah know? so i think the people um of australia and especially people of the macquarie electorate deserve to, to and they should want to know that's this is the one thing i've been trying to push on here not not try and push but you know my thoughts is that you should be able to question things that's exactly without right. being shut down without especially being banned, science 
um, especially science. Yes. Yeah. And when there's so much money involved in these, you know, these people who are on TV and telling you one thing, yeah. you know, you should be able to question their integrity. Mm-hmm. And and there's not much integrity going on. No, you're right. Um, and a lot of the studies that I've read too that say, um, you know, that the, the way things were handled was a really a great way to handle things. It's poorly conducted science. They're poorly written papers. Um, a lot of them, you know, they'll, they'll judge research that we put forward because it's peer reviewed, but then, oh sorry, it's not peer reviewed, but then they'll put forward the same kind of standard of paper and then say, well, that's gospel. Um, yeah, I just think we should be able to question everything and it's basically question everything except COVID measures. Um, again, another red flag. If we can't have a discussion about it, why not? Yeah, exactly. And that's what it was for me straight away when you know, I started to get banned on Facebook for saying things when YouTube videos were getting taken down. Mm-hmm. Um, not not just mine, but, uh, you know, many people's. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what really clicked it into it for me. Um, although from the beginning, I did say, I think this is fucking bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, excuse my language. But um, by the way, I do swear on here. I'll try oh, and good. keep it toned down for today. But you know, <laughs> if you want to swear, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> usually I have to bite my tongue, but okay, yeah. we're in a... <laughs> Amongst hey, friends now. It's, uh, it's speak free. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I think right from the beginning, I thought, you know, there's something fishy going on here. And, yeah. Um, and there's a hidden agenda. And that's what I do still believe to this day. And, um, and I guess if, even if it's not a hidden agenda, there's definitely negligence at the, at the very least. Yeah, I think the, the, probably the biggest thing for me is that we had so much time to see what other countries were doing and make alterations to that. And we just didn't. Um, we could see where other countries were going wrong and we didn't amend anything. Initially, we looked like we were going to follow Singapore and they seemed to be doing really well. And then we just flipped the switch and went with Europe and the UK. Um, and it sort of, I think it all went downhill from there. Um, they could see, the thing for me is that I'm sure that they could see that people were hurting from the lockdowns and the mandates. And it was counterproductive and counterintuitive when vitamin D is one of the greatest um, sources of natural vitamins that help boost the immune system and they're telling you to stay inside. Um, That to me is preposterous. And if it was so much about your health, why is McDonald's and Dan Murphy's open and not the gym? Um, You know, the gyms could... There's no reason why they couldn't do a deep clean the way that Dan Murphy's had to every other day. So no dig at Dan Murphy's. I'm so glad they were open and got me through many a lockdown. (laughs) But, um, you know, I just... It's just, it's a conflict there for me. Exactly. Yeah. There was, yeah, there was so many, you know, so much contradictions with the, with the rules and restrictions. Yeah. And, but if you talked about that, you're a, you know, yeah. you're a conspiracy theorist. Oh yeah. Correct. You're a tinfoil hat wearing. Yeah. Thing. You know, I remember writing about vaccine mandates on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, putting a status up saying, uh, there'll be a vaccine passport coming into play. Um, 100%. And this was a year prior to oh, about si- maybe seven months or eight months prior to there actually being a mm-hmm. vaccine mandates brought in. Um, and people on there were calling me a tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorist. Yeah. As if those same people then a year later were saying to me, just bro, there's nothing wrong with a mandate. Just get the vaccine. Yeah. It's validation. It's like, it's like you were so, that was too crazy an idea for you to even comprehend before that I was a conspiracy yeah. theorist. And now you support it. Like, yeah. it's just crazy. And it shows you how powerful not just the government is, but the mainstream media, media is in twisting people's minds, minds. Yeah. to really, you know, fully believe it. And 
when they brought in that vaccine mandate, people, exactly what you said, validation. And they wanted to feel validated that they went and got the vaccine. The right thing. And that they were doing the right thing, that they then went full ball the other side. Yeah. Before, they may have been against it. That's right. But then they thought, oh, fuck, I have to get it for work or whatever. I'll just get it. Yeah. And they fully switched it. Um, which is that integrity. I was speaking about that there's not much integrity left in in. The world, no, especially politics yeah, and within the community as well. I think um, that was, for me, um, concreted when the goalpost kept moving. So many of my friends got it because they wanted to go to work or travel or whatever. And, you know, it was get to by insert date here and you can travel or you can go to the pub or you can go shopping. You can do all the things you want to do. But then, you know, I've got friends who got it to travel and then were told, oh, actually, you can't travel. Um, that's a no-go for me. You know, they they held up their end of the bargain. They did what they thought was the right thing and they did basically what they were told to do Yeah, and it was still wasn't good enough. So, um, you know, I, that for me was the thing that made me go right. Oh, <laughs> there must be, you know, again, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but that's the label that we get given. Um, yeah. anti-vaxxer conspiracy theorist, um, right-wing extremist, domestic yeah. terrorist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they've got, the name they've got every name yeah, um, yeah they've got a hat full of them oh yeah, yeah. don't worry and it's the tinfoil hat that i have to wear to work apparently yeah. <laughs> um yeah i i just that that blew me away when you know people did what you asked them to do and then yeah. you changed it again and that wasn't once or twice it was multiple times you know we'll let you out on thursday actually the cases are bad so we'll let you out next thursday um you can't let you, people can't live like that yeah that's not fair exactly and i think with um you know, with, with the mandates that came into play, um, you know, majority of people, we, we wouldn't have the vaccination rate we do now if no. that wasn't in pl- place. And and I'm not saying that it should have been in place, um, not at all. I'm saying but for the people who are now saying, you know, I'll just get vaxxed and just get your booster and that, I don't think they would have got it. Many of them wouldn't have got it w- yeah. one in the first place. Highly likely. You know? Highly likely. And then for but the, it's hi- and the major parties to come out, especially the state governments, to come out and celebrate it, you know, as we kept reaching 60%, yeah. 70%, 80%, and, oh, yes, we're doing so well. Yeah, because people are losing Being their job. Forced to, They're forced to. Yeah, know, that's like, not a celebration when you're literally, you know, walking people to the gallows and saying yeah. it's either this yeah. or that. And do you think now, with, with hindsight of sort of case number explosion and that, that we've seen, even with a high vaccination rate, do you think more people have woken up to it now and are refusing to to go any further with this? Yeah, I call it lane changing. So um, I've got a lot of friends who I've said, you're welcome to change lanes anytime. You know, we'll have you on on our side too. Um, Again, two was the deal. Two is what's been studied. Well, minimally, but two is what we know about. Two is what we were told. And now, you know, to say we've removed a mandate, oh, but also you have to have a booster to, well, not so much now in WA, but, you know, you needed a third to go there for quite a while. You need a third... To work in aged care, you need a third to work in disability. Um, I just, there was no discussion of a third. I mean, yeah. some of us knew that it was going to eventually happen, third, fourth, fifth, the same way Israel was going. Yeah. And we were following a lot of the mistakes that these countries were making. And, yeah, to, to turn around and have people say, well, we don't want to get our third now. I mean, you're welcome, you're welcome over any time. It would have been nice if you stuck up for yourself, you know, yeah, two ago. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, everybody has that choice. And that's that's the argument that the UAP is trying to make. If you think that getting the vaccine is best for you and your protection, then great. Um, no vaccine should protect other people. That's not the point of them. Yeah. The point of a vaccine is to protect yourself. Yeah. And if you feel that that's the best decision for you, then you should be allowed to have that 
choice. We just don't. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what it comes down to. And I think, I think that's what's been so twisted in the mainstream media. The mainstream media should honestly be shot um, for how they've made people hate each other um, based on this anti-vaxxer lie they put out. <laughs> Um, you're not an anti-vaxxer if you don't want to get a vaccine. That's right. You're from freedom of choice. That's okay. right. Anti-vaxxer doesn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. You're not stopping... Uh, well, unless you really want to stop everyone from having choice of yeah. to get a vaccine, you know, which there are a few people out there like that. But majority of people just want freedom of choice for everyone. That's exactly what we want. And I think that's what, you know, is important. And I don't think that's a controversial... That's not a fucking controversial No, there's, nothing, con- uh, there's nothing controversial about letting people make decisions that affect their lives. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a bit dictatorial if you tell other people what they need to do with their lives and that's not what we're about. Yeah. We're about, you know freedom of choice freedom of speech well our slogan is freedom 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 um and probably the hardest thing for us that we come up against now is people say well we are free well are you really though um you know because you're not free to move about your own country you're not free to enter into places without scanning in and there is no um there's no promise that that's going to stay away it seems very likely that that's been removed because there's an election coming up 100 they're trying to um, win votes they're trying to say hey this is my opinion right and i know i'm going to have a few people on and i'm going to have probably sarah on too from you know liberal party and mm-hmm. that and all, all respect i have respect for people individually but as a party generally speaking they will do anything to win your vote um coming up to an election you know, it, we're in the, the thick of it right now. We're, what are we, three weeks away. Mm. Um, and they will literally, they will do anything to make sure that you vote for them. You stay, you know, these Liberal Party voters who voted Liberal yeah. their whole life or Labor who voted Labor their whole life. Um, and I think a lot of people have, I think they're scared of, of parties like yourself, and like, you know, United Australia Party and Pauline Hanson and, <clears throat> you know, Catter's mm-hmm. Party. And I think they're... I think they're really seeing the growth of the support for, you know, these freedom parties yeah. um, that they're trying to sort of showcase, hey, hey, we're done with this period. Mm-hmm. We're done with telling you what to do. You, you're free again. and But there's no actual protection in place to say that they won't go back. Yeah, and, that's right. Um, and that brings me to my next point, nice little segue, uh, <laughs> <laughs> into the Bill of Rights. Yes. Um, that's a big thing United Australian Party want yep. um, if they are elected. That will be one of our primary things to do as soon as we're in and we should have one well i was of the i'm not a lawyer i don't understand much about the law but i was of the understanding that the magna carta was our version of a bill of rights it's just not called the bill of rights um it seemed to me like a lot of what we were fighting against was based on american law um they have a bill of rights and their constitution will defend them um obviously we didn't seem to have that same protection in our court system so we will make sure that we do have that protection and we will have the piece of paper that says our Bill of Rights to make sure that Australian people get their rights back, their inalienable rights that they, they were born with yeah. simply by being Australian. And that's the be-all and end-all of it. Yeah. And do you think... I think a big thing that I've really sort of um, done a lot of research on is people's inability to know their own rights in this country, especially in this country. Mm -hmm. America seemed to be pretty good. People really... Because it's thrown at them regularly. Yeah, and people know their constitution. They learn about it. They learn about it. In Australia, we don't learn about it. We don't learn about, 
you know, what to say if you're, or what you can and can't say under arrest, what you have the right to, you know. We learn nothing of that. Um, we leave it up for, Know Your Rights Group is great, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, shout out to them. I've watched a lot of their stuff. Um, especially when I was going, I went to the protest mm-hmm. um, during lockdown. Yep. Um, I don't know if you attended or not or if you want to say it. Uh, not a lockdown. I didn't go to one in lockdown, but I have been to them outside of lockdown. Yeah. yeah. So I went to the one in lockdown and um, so I watched a lot of the uh, the Know Your Rights um, group there just to try and get some, you know. Yeah. Um, I was nervous going in for yeah, sure that day. Um, it, was a, it, was, it was a great day once we got there, <laughs> but there was a lot of intense police presence there and, yeah. and then it did turn into what it turned into. Um, unfortunately, but I got out of there before the shit hit the fan, I guess. <laughs> well done. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I've really noticed that Australians as a whole, they don't know what they're entitled to as a, as an Australian, what, the, what their rights are. Yeah, and sadly it's a bit ignorant in, yeah. that, in that way. Yeah, and if you do care, it's like, oh, shut up, bro. Like, yeah. It's this, it's this laid-back, she'll-be-right attitude. Because that's how it's always been, right? We've yeah. always been – we've never needed to really know our rights because no one ever infringed on them. Yeah. It was basically these are the rules and we will follow them and those are the expectations of our leaders and our, you know, the people that are there to protect us and that's what they will do and there was never any mingling and crisscrossing and there was no mash-up. Now it's complete overreach and the she'll-be-right-mate attitude has fallen because for too long we've been right and that's – I preferred it that way. I preferred yeah. it when uh, you know it was safe to go out, and it was I didn't I wasn't in fear of being arrested because I wasn't wearing a mask that day, and I didn't even know what time or day it was because you know we're not going to work regularly. I'm not doing the, all the things that I'd normally do. My daily routine's not on, and who knows? They they're very quick to make sure you know that the mandates are in, but they don't seem to be so joyous and informative about when they've been removed. Yeah. So and it's also now um, which is kind of a little bit of a piss off too, that it's up to you to work out what mandates are in place when, where and how and why whenever you do something, when every day at 11 o'clock for two years or whatever, it was just shoved in your face all the time. Yeah. So I kind of feel like that's a bit unfair as well because the rules are constantly changing. Yeah. It's hey, And they are and they'll put out like a little media release and that's it. And it's yeah. up to you to go and search through. And I mean, COVID government websites. Oh, know, they're atrocious. Oh, there's just pages and pages and pages and pages of nonsense. And in, in from the get go, like from two years ago. Yeah. So you're just searching through all this shit mm-hmm. to try and find what's up. And it's really quite there. complicated too. They don't give it to you in layman's terms. You know, yeah. you must wear a mask. And it's not, you know, you have to wear a mask indoors, except for here and except for there. And But you do have to hear and not there. Yeah. It's just a blanket. Just pick a rule. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just. It, it was too much. Yeah. And I think it, it does come down to, I guess, um, you know, with, with the Bill of Rights is, is we're a democracy mm-hmm. and we are a democratic country and we should act like it. And I think the Bill of, a Bill of Rights is something every democracy, democratic country should have. Otherwise, what's to stop a government doing whatever they want, which is uh, well, that's sort of what we've seen the last, yeah. you know, two years. Um now, talking about, obviously, there's been a big push um, with Freedom Parties to put major parties last. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit um, and sort of, I guess, explain sort of the prefer- preferential system um, within your party um, in terms of what you guys, what you want voters who want to vote for you to do yeah. preferences. Mm-hmm. So uh, we haven't finalised our, or I haven't finalised my how to vote card yet. There's still some negotiations going on there. Um but the how to vote, uh, sorry, the put the majors last um, campaign is basically ours. We have a candidate in every seat in the country. Uh, if we win the majority of those seats, we have that will give us the power to form government in our own right uh, and make Craig Kelly the prime minister. 
um, if we can get there, we will need to do it strategically um, because there are a few people that are, you know, conscious of us. We're new. Well, not new, we're an old party, but um, we're a new force, I should say. And it's, I suppose some people might be frightened of something they are, they don't know. Like it is quite a, a challenge to take that leap and, and try something different. On the other side of the leaf, however, there are a lot of disenfranchised people. A lot of people have had enough and they do want to see change. So really Craig Kelly is the suitable option. Um, he's been in politics before. We're led by, so Clive Palmer is our chairman. He's an established businessman, is a successful businessman and he knows politics. So with those people leading our team, I think we're, we're a good strong chance there. Yeah. So, And I guess people... <laughs> So many people I've talked to, they don't actually know that if you put another party first and they win majority, you know, if they win, what is it? What's half of so, yes. 51? So, so, yeah, they'll need to win 74 seats. 74 seats. Yeah. That's the magic number. And so if they win 74, you, they will be prime minister. The leader of the party will be prime yeah. minister. But people don't know that. They literally don't know that. They, well, and the, the problem... I think it's only two horse race. Exactly. And for a long time it has been. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's all very well and good to say you know there's a, there's a Greens leader and there's a um, you know a One Nation leader. There's never been enough. Whilst it's great that, that there are alternatives coming up for people to to make that democratic choice, there's never been enough to make real change because there's just not enough people to put in a new leader. Yeah. It's always been the Liberal Coalition and the Australian Labor Party, yeah. and their leader becomes Prime Minister and the the other one becomes the opposition leader yeah. so uh, as far as i'm aware one nation has a candidate in every seat as well yeah, and I if they so. take I the majority if yeah. they take majority of the seats then pauline hansen will become the prime minister yeah so that's and that's the thing that there's people need to understand that there's there's choice now they don't have to just uh i don't really like labor so i'll vote liberal or i don't really vote liberal so i'll vote labor yeah you genuinely have a really great choice now and there are some really really passionate people out there especially in this electorate who really want to help the people of Macquarie make change yeah and do you think uh like freedom parties do you like your own party Pauline Hanson's do you believe they represent the majority of Australians much better than both major parties do I think they have the potential to definitely um obviously we're not there yet so we don't know but yeah, absolutely. Um, I found but based on the candidates, oh, I mean, that are running. Oh, yeah. So I've met a lot of mostly like the Sydney candidates mostly. Um, and then the, I've met a couple from Queensland, I think they were from. We did the budget protest on Parliament Lawn where we protested with the thousand billion dollar notes out on Parliament Lawn, <laughs> cold, wet Canberra morning, and uh, we got them up. Um, all of the candidates that I've met are just really genuine down-to-earth, regular, everyday Australians who threw their hat in the ring because they've had enough. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're not career politicians. We're not in it. We, you know, we actually have integrity. You know, we're not in it to line our own hip pockets or to, to better ourselves. We want to get rid of the bureaucracy. We're trying to, trying to make it better, fairer, easier and clearer so that people can go back to living their everyday lives and leave the governing of the country to the people that were elected to do it, not the people who were, you know, um, promoted by the person who was elected there. I think there's too many bureaucratic positions and not elected positions. Yeah. And there's also, the, you know, there is a Canberra elite um, within Canberra itself. I, I do believe that. And I don't think any real change 
is ever made with either party if they get in. Um, well, basically you're changing parties. the jockey, but the horse is the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're still going to tow the party line no matter who it is. Yeah. Um, you know, you've obviously got more <coughs> conservative and more moderate uh, mm-hmm. liberals. You've got more moderate uh, Labor and more left-wing, mm-hmm. you know, Labor voters. But at the end of the day, they're all sort of say the same stuff, don't they? They all push yeah. the same sort of... There's one thing that's really, and this isn't so, you know, COVID freedom driven, but one thing for me, I watched the debate between um, Scott Morrison and Albanese on Sky News. Yeah. And the big sort of standout factor for me was no one really has any, like no definite plan on I will do exactly this. Yeah. It's we're going to build a strong economy or we're going to keep yeah, a strong how? economy. It's like, tell me fucking how. How? Like, yeah. yeah. Like I feel, at the but moment I feel we're like a trillion dollars in debt. Yeah, how are we going to deal with that? Who's going to pay for that? Yeah. Um, and you know what? At the end of the day, it's going to be you and I. Um, yeah. The problem is they're relying on an ignorant Australia who doesn't understand how the economy works and who I've seen, you know, a couple of posts on Facebook where people say that the economy is not important. Um, well, we are because without an economy, we are basically a non-entity in the world and then we become ripe for the picking. Yeah. Um, I'm not an economist, but I have some basic understanding of the fact that you know, we're a capitalist country, we need to remain a capitalist country and business is extremely important in the way we operate, especially on an international level. Yeah. Um, the problem with that is we've focused too much on international and stopped focusing on what's important and making Australia bigger, stronger and better so that we can defend ourselves as an international. Yeah. And um, one thing, I also watched um, the Mavericks pub test with Paul Murray. <laughs> My mate Clive. Is, yeah, it was fantastic. I think Clive did a, Clive did a great job. Um, the one thing he uh, talked about was the uh, iron, iron ore. Oh, yeah, the uh, export licence. Yeah, export licence. So if you want to talk a little bit about that, what the United Australia Party's plan is. Yeah, so this is, this is the benefit of having a, a, a very successful businessman um, as the chairperson of your, of your party. He knows how business works and he knows how mining works so when you put big strong minds like him with together with our um treasury and people like craig kelly who can make good policy we need to get rid of that trillion dollar debt and presently there is no plan to get rid of it it's only going to come off your hip pocket and we're already australians are already struggling as it is so rather than see interest rates go through the roof inflation become extraordinary like it is in the us um our leaders came up with this great idea that China relies so heavily on us for iron ore, they cannot get that quantity from other suppliers. So even if they were to reduce their intake by, say, 20% and still get 60% of their iron ore from us, charging them a 15% export licence, we could use that money exclusively to pay back that trillion-dollar debt in 20 years, not the current 250 years that is, well, that's the estimate at the moment. That's... Uh, what t- I think they said 10 generations is 250 years. So that would mean your eight times great-grandchildren are still paying for the mistakes today. And that's assuming, that is, yeah. but that's assuming the cap. So $23 billion a year in interest is what we will pay now, assuming it doesn't go up, assuming we don't get into any more debt. And what's the likelihood of that, to be honest? We're essentially broke now. Exactly. So And we keep handing out money. You know? Yeah. And it's, you know, people say about the cut the fuel, the fuel excess. Yeah, so we'll that. freeze that. Yeah. I think that is, you know, it's it's a temporary fix. It's a band-aid the, solution. The government at that, the moment. And it's only for a, what do they say, six months? Is it? Yeah, I think it comes back up in July. Yeah. I think. So, but petrol's still going up. Well, I paid, to, I paid $2.01 yesterday for petrol. Yeah. I, I've got, I drive, drive diesel 
and it blows me away. <laughs> it blows me away that diesel is a byproduct of fuel and it's dearer. And it's dearer. I know. <laughs> I, just, I, I don't know. understand. The reason how I bought a diesel because it was cheaper. Because it's cheaper. I thought it'd be cheap to run. Yeah. And it cost me two dollars to fill up. Yeah, I paid yesterday. two bucks too yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, I think we really need to focus on the cost of living. And the problem is it's all very well and good to hand out money and, you know, try to make it easier, like $200, you know, Clive mentioned that's that's not even a cup of coffee every week for the term of a parliament. So that's really going to make zero benefit to yeah. any family. It's There's no still – that's just going to get us in more and more debt. There's still no – leadership and no direction how are we getting rid of that debt how are we getting ourselves into a position where we can afford to give people a leg up we're just not we're not attacking that we're not addressing that at all so the uap has decided that you know what that's a priority we need to get rid of that so we can focus more on australia focus more on getting us australians back on track because that's who we are that's what we are and that's what we do yeah so um what are your thoughts um both personally and and within your party um when, you know, someone like Scott Morrison or any liberal sort of candidate comes out and says, we've built, we've got a great strong economy heading into this election. Mm. What do you think of that? Because I look at the cost of living right now, um, I'm in a worse position as a just an individual than yeah. I was, you know, yeah. two, you know, a year ago. Or um, I'm, I'm curious to know where they get their um, unemployment rate from because I know I've never known anyone unemployed. And now I know many unemployed people. Um, it just, yeah, I, as far as I'm aware, they changed the definition of employed to volunteers and working more than two hours a week. It's not, it doesn't cover a, a full-time wage like it used to anymore. So yeah. again, changing the definition doesn't change the scope. It just makes, you know, it's, it's data manipulation at its finest. It just yeah. makes it look better for you. Um, we need to get people back to work. And the best way, it's not the only way, but the best way is to get rid of the mandates, get people, I mean, there's perfectly good, talented, skilled and experienced people out there who are picking fruit. Um, not yeah. that there's anything wrong with picking fruit, but when you're a skilled, you know, if, you're, if you've got an education and you're skilled, we can leave the fruit picking to, you know, unskilled migrants or unskilled visitors or, yeah. you know, even kids who need to pay their way through university. Um, I, I don't see the point in taking up jobs like that with people who could very well be nurses and teachers. Yeah. And then we saw, you know, uh, with the Qantas, uh, Qantas calling for pilots, please. Yeah. SAS for pilots. <laughs> uh, well, you got yourself into that mess. Yeah, I'm a bit upset with Alan Joyce too because um, he really put the call out for Australians to stand with him with gay marriage and I feel like Australia stood up and they stood behind Qantas and they stood behind Alan Joyce and they gave him, you know, a really, a really good um, format and we ended up saying yes to gay marriage. Now that Australians need help to travel and to, to work in the airline industry, he's just put his foot out and said no. Um, suddenly it became a little bit difficult for him so he sent ScoMo a little message saying, you know, SOS, I need help. Can you remove the um, isolation rules? Well, you know, I know you're a powerful man, Alan Joyce, but you can't have it both ways. Are you for Australia or are you not? Yeah. You know? And exactly. You know, you've you've caused so many of your staff to lose their jobs. Yeah. Pilots included um, because they didn't want to get this, mm-hmm. you know, what is an experimental... That's right. Medi- ...you know, medicine. Um, and, yeah, and now he wants, he wants help now, you know. So I think it's, um, you know, sort of came back to bite him on the ass a bit. Yeah. His, um, his sort of views on... On that, um, what do you think is this election about? You know, we hear a lot of you know that's the main thing from from different parties. Is yeah. This election is about this. What's it, what's it about to you? What's the main thing? You know, you know, liberals say it's about economy. 
a stronger economy. Oh. What's it to you? What's it to United Australia Party and to you yourself? Fixing the mess. It's a mess. Um, and helping people get back on track and giving them the option if they've had enough. Um, a lot of people come to me and they say they're just disenfranchised. They've had enough. Um, they want an alternative. We can provide that alternative. Um, I think that for too long now people have suffered and they don't deserve to suffer anymore. They never deserve to suffer. Um, you know, I've got family and friends who have lost businesses, lost homes. I was speaking to a lady the other day who has sold her car now. Um, they've lost their home. The bank will move in any day. She's selling her jewellery to get by. That's that's not Australian, you know. And she's an older woman too. So she's, you know, worked all her life, paid all her taxes, and now all of a sudden the government's just decided to say, well, you know what, you didn't comply. So out you go. That's that's yeah. heartbreaking for me. And she's not, a, there's so many stories that I hear, even on um, those Facebook marketplace things. It's like, hey, you know, we lost our jobs because of the mandate and, you know, now we're making soap or now we're, you know, making things out of horsehair. Whilst it's great that they're, you know, exploring other avenues and not relying on government handouts. It's so sad because, you know, these families were well on their way to, you know, establishing families and, and setting themselves up for the good life and it's just been torn from underneath them. Yeah. And I really sympathise with those people because it never should have happened in the first place. Yeah. And and what do you say to the people? There will be a lot of people out there who would say, well, they should have just got the vaccine then. What do you say to those people? I really hate that argument. You should have just got the vaccine. Um, no one should be forced to be in an experiment, not for any reason. And as you can well and truly see now, the vaccine is not preventing transmission. It's not preventing infection. Uh, if anything, we're following world trends and case numbers are rising the more we vaccinate people. So I think that's a moot argument. Um, it's it's just it's a horrible thing to say to people, well, you should have. Well, you know what? You would have been better off maybe if you stayed at school or if you didn't smoke or, you know, don't drink, go to the gym. There's plenty of things. You, shouldn't, you don't tell people what to do with their medical history in their lives it's just it's, again it's un-australian it's tall poppy syndrome and i hate it yeah yeah um. it definitely is yeah it's um <clears throat> i think i think what we've really seen during this whole period is people wanting to be part of a side um and wanting to believe that they've chosen the right side yeah it's validation um it is mm -hmm. and it's and it's more coming from the people who've chosen to follow and fall in line with the government i see yeah because people who have chosen to stand up for themselves and stand up for the country and stand up for freedom have copped it all. Yeah. They've copped everything. They've lost their friends. They've lost family. Family mm -hmm. members won't speak to them. Yep. They've, you know, maybe been arrested at a protest. They've lost their, probably lost their job, um, been bl banned, blocked, ridiculed <sighs> on Facebook and yeah. whatever it may be. Um, to me, it's water off a duck's back at this point. Yeah. I've had every word under the sun thrown at me and yeah. I don't care. But for a lot of people, they have lost, you know... Too much. Way too much. Yeah. And, you know, if we're a country that's truly, you know, we have our leaders go in there and say we're the best country in the world, it's just incorrect. We don't look like it at the moment. It's, we look like an international joke. Yeah. And and you go anywhere else and people do see us as a joke, especially when we had the harsh lockdowns. I mean, you had kids out playing basketball in Blacktown and helicopters flying yeah. over there telling them to get inside. Yeah. That's not Australia. <laughs> speak, speak to our UOP candidates from that area and they'll tell you, we have one from Blacksland who lives near Bankstown Airport and he will tell you that, you know, it is true. He could hear them landing and taking off and, and screaming at people, get inside. Are we in Beirut? Yeah. What was that? Yeah. Like, 
wow martial law at its finest like 100 percent. and i didn't think i'd ever see it in this country no and i think that's what a lot of people have have decided as well like i don't think i didn't think i'd ever see this and you know and then you have the politicians get up on anzac day and talk about the sacrifice they made for our freedom <laughs> you know which i fully it feels fully like it's in support. vain at the moment yeah exactly and i think in my opinion the diggers would be rolling in their graves at the state of what we've seen the past two years yeah i think with, you're right yeah I think you're right. Um, I went to the dawn service at um, Windsor and was kind of a little bit shocked to see a couple of people standing outside, extremely socially distanced, wearing a mask. Um, it's all very well and good if you want to wear a mask, but they've been conditioned to wear a mask. They're ineffective. There is zero point wearing them outside. Uh, there is zero point wearing them when you are socially distanced. But they are. there's so much cognitive dissonance that they've been sort of um, conditioned and indoctrinated to believe that they are the only person in that whole dawn service doing the right thing. And then they can stand there and say, thank you for giving me freedom. Whilst at that particular moment in time, you have the freedom to wear the mask if you choose to. It's not free to be indoctrinated in yeah. that way. You, you've come to this decision because of a false narrative, not because you think that it's the right thing to do. Otherwise, we'd look like Hong Kong. They all wear masks all the time, but that's because they have filthy, dirty air. Yeah. We have amazing we're a beautiful clean country yeah and i don't understand why why you would and it's you know harming your own skin and your own lungs and your own health by doing that but yeah. and and to turn around most of the time it's those people that will give you a filthy look and say you know you're, you're so selfish for for not protecting other people yeah exactly surgical masks are worn to protect the doctor from blood and bone <laughs> yeah and i think that's what they've done so well is um and i don't mean that in a positive way i mean how crazy it's a successful the, yeah how crazy the mind control really is is that it's a you know it's if you're if you're out there fighting for freedom or you're out there saying no i don't want to comply with this crap then you're the selfish person you're the uh you know you're selfish you only care about yourself you're um you know, you don't care about the health of others around you. What if you take it home? What if you catch it and take it home to your grandparents? And I cop that a lot too. Yeah. And and it's like they've done it so well is this. Protect others. Yeah. It's everything is about protecting others. Other the vaccine people. is for others. The yeah. the mask is for others. The, you know, every, everything, social distancing is for others. And if you don't do that, then you're, you're selfish. Not yeah, you're but it's the best. Others. It's the best way to divide people. Really, yeah. is by making them appear selfish, and that to me is the problem. Um, it's the division that I don't like. I've seen it firsthand. I've had a woman come to me and say that she wasn't even invited to her son's wedding because she chose not to get vaccinated, not because they saw her as a threat, but because they saw her as a dissident, basically. Um, and it's. You know, it's your son. It must be so hard. But to be able to do that to your own mother, I think that's some, that's pretty heavy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would never, and I still to this day, it's completely your decision what you do. Yeah. If you think you're doing it for the right reasons, then so be it. But do it for the reasons that you think, not for the reasons that you're told. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, yeah, that's an important message that um, I definitely agree with. Um, I guess we'll finish on um, sort of, what uh, I have two questions for you. First is, um, what can the United Australia Party do for the Macquarie electorate and for Australia as a whole? 
So most of our policy is national based because it's every Australian has been affected really regardless of what electorate you live in. We have um, different policies that will work better in other regions than others. For instance, we have zonal taxation where you'll get a 20% tax break if you uh, live or operate a business outside of 200 kilometres from a capital city. It's designed to reduce the overcrowding in the cities but also to make use of our really great regions that we have. So whilst that's not applicable in too much of a sense to Macquarie, it'd be much better in our neighbouring electorate, Calais, for instance, because we could move slightly, you know, to um, Mudgee, Bathurst, Lithgow. Uh, Lithgow's too close, but um, maybe um, Orange. And you're not so far from the city. We will have the funds to put in the fast train because we're paying off the debt with the export licence, which you never know if it works, it can be expanded. Um, you know, these are just these are just things that we're saying, this is what we'll do in the first instance. There's, there's so much room for growth and for movement and for tweaking. Um, we need to make sure there's a lot of mortgage stress and business stress, in, especially in the Hawkesbury. Um, I feel like um, a lot of the small businesses in the Blue Mountains part of the electorate have been hit through lockdowns and mandates and things like that. So just this simple removal of them will help to, to get stimulate you know, their little businesses and get people out visiting. Again, I was in Lura the other day and Lura Mall was packed and it was so good to see, so good. And I think... I kind of almost felt sorry for them because I feel like it's temporary. At the drop of a hat, there could be any given number of lockdowns again and then they'll all go back to facing the same problems they had before. So it's it's the little policies that we can keep reverting back to that we can say, hey, you know what, we're able to free up that money because of the export licence or we're able to get more people studying as doctors and nurses because we'll make higher education free. We're able to help get apprentices on because TAFE will be free. You know, we're, we're able to do all of these things because of national policies, which will benefit everyone regardless of what electorate you're in. Yeah. Um, and... I guess why my final question to you would be why should the people of the Macquarie electorate vote for you? Because I'm better than everyone else. (laughs) 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 Um, No, I think because I'm the alternative to the majors. Um, The other candidates are great too. I'm not taking anything away from them. They're really amazing people and they have some really great policies. But the UAP really are the alternative. Um, If you've had enough of weak leadership, which we're currently seeing from both sides of the major parties, which is a shame because I really did think that we had a a good, strong Liberal government when we first elected ScoMo back in. Um, I I feel that um, the UAP is really the only choice here. And whilst it is scary to take a risk on something new, I think that that's what Australia needs at the moment. We need change. And I will be the not career politician person who will listen, who does have the time to go around and hear you and represent everyday Australians in Canberra rather than having an overflow of career politicians who are self-serving and forget that public servants actually serve the public and not the other way around. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming in. Thanks for having me. Um, and uh, you're welcome anytime. You enjoy the races. And, uh, I'm a bit yeah, jealous. Oh, yeah, I'm a bit jealous. Just, <laughs> <laughs> you um, need a fascinator. Yeah, yeah. No, I should have wore, yeah, very wore beautiful. like a piggy blinders hat or something. Oh, that yeah. would be nice. That would have been good. Yeah. But yeah. But um, no, but thank you for coming in. You're welcome anytime. Thanks and, for having me. Um, best of luck in the federal election. Um, what's your home sort of where people can find you on election day? Um, you'll be around everywhere. Oh, going to try and get around everywhere. Um, yeah. 
I'll be, yeah, everywhere. All right. Well, I'll probably see you somewhere. You'll around. see the Yellow Army. I usually do a bit of a lap around too. We'll be around. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Yellow Army will be out and about, so uh, awesome. you'll see us. So, yeah, well, well done and uh, congratulations. Thank on, you. Um, on how, you, how far you've come so far and, yeah, best of luck for the 21st of May. Yeah. And remember, guys, speak free with Matty G. Mm-hmm. <laughs>